You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, you can flee the country, you can change your name, you can exercise those demons till you're sweating to the tunes of tubular bells. If you're an exorcist fan, you caught that one. <laughs> but nothing, nothing will save you from the oh, watch list. list. Hello. Hi, everybody. How was your Thanksgiving? Wow. <laughs> Just go right out the gate. <laughs> Hard hitting questions. How was your Thanksgiving? Damn. It was good. It was very chill. It was at my brother's house. That's how mine was too. Really relaxed and laid back. That's how it should be. Because if quiet. you think about like the chemical, it's chemically reacting like in your body. You've got your pancreas dumping all of this insulin from all these wonderful carbohydrates. And you're like, we are getting high as a family. And that makes me feel good. That's really what it is because everybody afterwards is like stoned out of their minds from the food Thanksgiving coma. is really just to get high with Turkey your family. Coma. It is. It really is. It's a ceremonious thing where we all get together and we all get high. <laughs> and it's great. It's great. Yeah. Only took me one plate. I'm a lightweight these days. Only one? You yeah. One plate? Well, I had to have a bottle of water and then lay on what the floor what? and breathe really heavy. <laughs> Did you what about dessert, pants? though? <laughs> well, that's yeah. That, I had to have a break before dessert. Oh, okay. I had to lay on the floor like a beach whale, do my breathing, have someone bring me some water, and I'm like, okay, I'm not tapping out. I'm not tapping out. Here we go. Here we go. Pie. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so, but yeah, how was your Thanksgiving? It was very quiet. It was very, it was different. It was a different kind of energy this time, but it was good. It was nice. It was mellow. Okay. They're small. As long as the energy was good, <laughs> it was different. It was just a quiet, relaxed energy, I guess. Okay. You guys get McDonald's or? <laughs> <laughs> Almost enough. Chicken nuggets and french fries. Got a hundred sp- piece. <laughs> <laughs> Those special turkey sandwiches that they have at McDonald's. <laughs> they, not the Starbucks ones. You might have well gotten a real turkey. It was probably like $12. Right. <laughs> um, anyway... You guys have a wonderful holiday. We are we have a packed house I know, today. I think this is the first time that we've actually filled all these chairs. Yeah, because I walked in from going to the bathroom and I'm not used to it. So at first I'm like, oh, walked in the wrong studio. <laughs> it was that thought, and they're like, who the hell are you guys? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some timers <laughs> kicking in. <laughs> well, we do have Omar here, which he was on our last show. If you've listened to our last episode hello everyone welcome back omar thank you thank you thank you feels good to be back and it was the first show we went a th- straight two hours with no he, break he said it was we crazy. were s- <laughs> slave drivers yep. <laughs> help me prisoner keep yeah. going keep talking <laughs> <laughs> even our producer at, at the, this is kate hi she's our producer tonight jess was like doing baseball signals like going out is that okay? Break. Are we breaking? She's like, like breaking. breaking. Yeah. You can go out for a cigarette. You know, like, I felt no. like I was in a league of their own. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, just get out of here. We're talking. <laughs> okay. And Casey and I are just like, our direction was towards Omar, like so engrossed into the conversation. Like, oh. tell us more. <laughs> tell us all your secrets. <laughs> My dad still hasn't listened to the show, but he's going to. He's, oh, he didn't. Really, he just, you know. Boggled mind, but uh, anyway, welcome back, Omar. Thank, Thank you, you so so much. And you are in company. You brought your company. Yes, I did. We have Nicole. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and we have Beverly as well. Hello. Um. So tell us about yourselves. Uh, 
I mean, obviously we talked about Omar last time um, and what he does, but also you three are in the group um, together where you go to people's houses and you help cleanse their homes, correct? Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And and what do you guys call yourselves again? <laughs> she looks well, like, she looks like uh, <laughs> what do we call ourselves? <laughs> it was Moon Rising, wasn't it? Well, Full Moon Rising full moon is, rising, is yeah. my name uh, originally, and yeah, we've sort of incorporated all, all of us together. So this is Full that. Moon Rising Incorporated. Well, I mean, in I this was room. Full Moon Rising, and then they just kind of joined on to, it was my group. Right. Originally, and you now they just joined me. That's awesome. So now we're all full moon rising. You know? Okay. Yeah. Now I we're mean, all a Omar happy has his own. I mean, you had your own group too. But. Yeah, well, but the cleansing is pretty much on the full yeah. moon rising. That was the state, the right? The state spiritual consultations is what I do, but full moon rising was already in effect. And she had established that pretty much when it came to lecturing and clean, uh, cleaning the homes. Um, so I met her through one of her lectures I attended. Um, and how did you meet her again? I met her at the expos. Probably the oh, expo. Actually, yeah, you have to come closer to the microphone. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we have, you have to like almost like like you're about to kiss it. Probably because, but I think it was because I did a, I did a you lecture. You don't have to actually kiss get real out. intimate with the mic. I did a lecture at the Enlightened Soul Center. Mm-hmm. Which is a great place to go for lectures. Where is that at exactly? Omar is actually it's doing a lecture. Yeah, oh. I'm doing a lecture so. on the second. I brought a flyer for yeah, you guys. So we can oh, kind thank of you. So like we'll that. Post that up. Yeah, it's a great place. Okay, and you're going to be talking about thought forms again. Yeah, yeah, which is absolutely can lend to being needing uh, exorcisms if you have a platform. Um, but anyway, so I did a a, a lecture about. Uh, Ghosts and demons. I do that at Washtenaw Community College, actually. Um, and uh, people heard about me, and that's how you'd heard about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you do the lectures at the college? Yep. Washtenaw Community College has me doing lectures every um, – I do it every semester. So. And, and what is your lectures exactly called? Ghosts and demons. Oh, <laughs> it started out being ghost hunting 101 because a lot of people were back in the old day, you know, when people started ghost hunting, everybody got a little, um, everybody got a little meter and they ran out and started ghost hunting and it was like kind of crazy. And I wanted to tell people like that probably they shouldn't be doing all that. Actually, the ghost hunting was more like what not to do as to what to do, but kind of to, kind of put it in perspective, you know, what are ghosts, what are spirit people? And then as I started working more with, uh, in becoming a demonologist more, I added that to, so now it's ghosts and demons. So I talk about all of them. And you said you do that how often there? Every semester. And then I do my psychic development. I actually have a class on how to tune into your, your abilities, yeah, and... how to tune into your abilities. Wow. That's really yeah. fascinating. And I'm, Amazing. I mean, I think it's great that Washington wanted to expand and have more fun kind of classes and get kind of into um, what people are interested in because all the TV shows and and so they it was it's been great. It's nice it's that people fun. are having more of an open mind too and and mm-hmm. diving into that. Um, like we, when we were talking about the fourth dimension last time and and people being more aware and, and wanting to learn more about that. Um, so you said your study demonology and how did you get into that 
Oh, I don't know. I think what when you become a demonologist, you don't just say I'm going to be a demonologist. What you what happens is it's a calling. Is you probably if you read Malachi Martin or any of the books, uh, the Warrens books on the demonologist and other books, you'll they'll tell you that like you don't want to mess with demons. You don't want to get in because once you start messing with demons, you can't undo it. You can't get out. You are in, <laughs> and um, you know they mess back with you. So you've got to really. Be sure this is what you want to do. So if you encounter a demon, what I tell most people is call me. Don't don't fight it because it's going to fight you back and you know you can't get out. So um, I ran across the house that had a demon and I decided I was going to get rid of it. And um, that's how I started. I didn't mean to become a demonologist, but I did it. And you feel really good when you really help somebody like that. And you realize that there's not a lot of places they can turn to that really can help people. So it just made me more aware that I didn't want to just like, why do I want to just talk to, uh, you know, spirit people? They're hard to get rid of. I mean, <laughs> demons are actually easier. So I thought, you know, I've been working on going to houses, doing psychic investigations for a long, long time. And I would tell people they're usually their, you know, mother, brother, father, they're always a relative, usually nine, nine times out of 10, they're a relative. And when I tell them who's in their house, who's doing all these moving things and doing all this kind of poltergeist, maybe activity that they would encounter, um, I tell them, no, it's just really, it's a spirit person. It's one of your relatives. And I'll tell them who it is. And then they would say, oh, they can stay. That's fine. We don't want them to leave. So um, that's, what I usually did, uh, and then uh, occasionally be somebody that would be there that, you know, should move on, and you try to convince them to move on. But if they're a spirit person, they have free will, so it's hard. They can stay if they want to. So my question is, how do you, can you, t could you tell that that was a demon? Since you had never come across one, what were the characteristics of versus, um, because I'm sure that there's some spirits that are not demons that are, seem yeah, they're just like that are bad angry. People. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, angry, yeah. angry spirits. Because people, um, spirit people, you know, when you die, you, you stay. If you don't cross over, and you're staying here, then you are the same person you were in life. So you're not going to change. And if you're a nasty, evil person, you're going to still be that. And but they have a different. I mean, you you know, they're different. They're they're totally different. Uh, and um, any psychic can really tell that it's a it's a negative energy. It's like when you walk in a room and someone's been fighting, you you can feel that, right? The tension in the air, as they say. You can feel the difference. Or if you walk in a room and it's and people have been having a really good time or partying, you feel that too. You you feel that. And if you can pick up on those feelings, it's the same thing with coming into a house and saying, Oh, there's something real evil here. And I remember when I came into this one house and I thought, oh, this is really bad. And you know, we we better be careful. And my spirit guides are telling me, like, it's, yeah, you better be careful. This is really bad. And when we discovered it, it was pretty um, pretty demonic. Uh, we decided we we're going to get rid of this. And I, we did it. We And it felt really good. And one thing we discovered, and, and you can talk about that when you cleanse a house, how you feel, but um, when you cleanse a house, you do, like one person said, it feels like Christmas in here. I thought, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, it does feel, it's a different, like look around, where's the tree? You know, it's, it might be the middle of summer, but you feel different. It just feels 
that different. warmth. Yeah, that warmth. So you know that your house is clean and <laughs> everything's gone right. because it feels so good. Right after you sage, it feels really good. And do the other stuff. But mm-hmm. saging will just help. I mean, saging will get rid of, uh, it won't get rid of a demon and it won't get rid of a spirit person, but it will. And that's one of the fallacies that I think that people think you can come in and just sage a house. And people sage all the time. And I think, well, that's good. Makes your house get rid of that residual energy that when, you know, people are having a fight in your room, they leave, they leave that, those anger kind of feelings there. And you need to come in and sage that. We we're just talking about that, right? Yeah. Your salon. Oh, yeah. I work in a salon in Ann Arbor, and um, I was noticing that the energy is a lot of it, where it can go either way, too. Like, either amped up somebody super happy or help a fight. Like, it can... It's like gasoline. Yeah, it fuels it either way. Yeah. Hmm. Is there a proper way to sage? Because I was reading something online saying that there's a proper way to do things, but I don't know if this article was correct or not. Well, when I do it, when I go into a home, I visualize, like, Where's the back of the home? Because what I want to do is push everything out the front door or the door that's used mostly. Mm-hmm. And I go to that place and even if it's a tri-level or different levels, I start at the bottom, work my way, what I can feel is the back of the house and then push everything forward. So it's a, a, kind of like the power of intention like we've talked about before mm-hmm. in the past um, with when you're um, doing the sage. And... For you guys, um, when did you start getting together and cleansing homes? We literally just did it this summer. <laughs> this is all very I, new. I met you. Mm-hmm. I did your – I'm an astrologer too. So I do astrology readings and tarot readings and I read. Um, and, um, and I did your chart yep. and I was doing a reading and you said you'd like to help me. And I thought, well, you know – you want to make sure I looked at her chart and I thought, well, I think you could do it. You know, mm-hmm. I think you could do it. But I wanted to wait. But then we had a case of you had a house. I think you called me with a house. Yeah. We went out there. We went out to Warren. Yep. Well, and well, Warren. It's so weird because I was reading. She gave me the book yep. to the demonologist by the Warrens. And my first case who came from somebody else was an, in Warren. I'm like, oh my God, well, that's interesting. There's no coincidences. That, right. You, know, you should start out. And, the and sign. Um, mm-hmm. that was a good place to start because it was a spirit person. It wasn't it's demon. Mm-hmm. And, um, male and female. Yep. And so you could feel how it felt mm-hmm. and how it felt to get it, you know, to work on the house together. And we got rid of it. And the house, we had no complaints after. Oh, after I did that, though, I had a huge thing about like, all right, if I want to do this, I need more tools. Like, and I went on this whole, like, it was around this time, actually. So I went on this whole thing of, like, all right, I'm going to figure out who Jesus is. Like, as a 41-year-old <laughs> woman, I want to know, like, mm-hmm. what Jesus is by my own, like, right. Mm-hmm. So I, like, went on Netflix and, like, clicked the first one that was came up. And I was like, all right, I'm going to watch it. Do, like, my studying. You saw Jesus <laughs> on that YouTube and uh, it was Netflix. I it was didn't know a movie. they had it back in the oh, yeah. oh my god, I have to go. To <laughs> wow. Yikes. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get on that. I, I never found Jesus on, on Netflix. Netflix. It's fine. I found oh, wow. Jesus on the Netflix. That is the future. I mean, yeah, that's that's a whole good lecture there. Right? Awesome. <laughs> so did he talk to you? Or I, I mean, yeah, totally. Yeah, okay. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> and so he said, that's a good here. thing you're doing, and you yeah. should be doing it. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. 
<laughs> yeah, well, you need protection. I mean, it doesn't matter right. what faith you're in. I mean, it's an all-purpose. It's a force. And if you believe in the force, right. it works. So you found your tools. Yeah, yeah, I found my tools. Which was spiritually well, coming into touch with your own spirituality. Yeah. Like, if I'm going to, like, am I good enough to fight dark forces? Like, that was one of the questions. It's like, hmm. am I good enough to actually do this? Now, after the experience of Warren is when you said, you know, you took a step back and realized you needed more tools. What made you feel that way? That these are not – so when you watch it on TV, it's like, oh, it's entertainment and like, you know, they're like, oh, this is like a thing. And it's like these are people and usually they've died horribly. Like the one we did at Warren was like – That was a murder. It was a murder-suicide. Yeah. Oh, Murder-suicide, yeah. And then they're hard. still trapped in this house like mm-hmm. chasing each other around. It's like – Oh, God. Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. Like this is not just like, oh, I'm going to catch her something on a – like a film or – um, it's not ghost hunting. Right. It's not ghost hunting. These are people <laughs> yeah, these are, and they're stuck. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I got to like figure this out. Do you feel shows like ghost hunters and things like that are exploiting the supernatural? <laughs> like, uh, you know, you, as you say, you know, they, these were human beings. Like these are beings still. Well, I mean, they do it for the ratings. And I right. think if you use your discernment on the whole thing, like I don't like to watch them. Like I watched Ghost Hunters – like the actual what with Grant and uh, Taps, yeah, Taps. Taps that was great. Started out very sincere, mm-hmm. and they were debunking things, and they were skeptics. So that was good. But and as I you like that had things happening to them, they thought, "Oh, this is real." So mm-hmm. it was really great. And I love Grant Wilson. I have to tell I, he's just um, a great person. Mm-hmm. And I, Jason is probably great too. I haven't met him, but Grant I really like, and I've had conversation with him, and he's. He left the show because most of them will leave the show after a while if they really decide, you know, because the TV ratings depend on, you know, exciting things happening. And sometimes it's not, out, you know, they don't have exciting things happening. So he, he, he really wanted to help people like more like what we're doing. And he, I talked to him a lot about exploiting ghosts. Just what you're saying. I was like, why are people exploiting ghosts? Mm-hmm. And so when we were at the Sioux, there is a big paracon in the Sioux every year in August. So if anybody out there wants to go and, and meet these people, they're accessible. They just hang out. You just talk with them. They're all there. Um, from all the TV shows, he quit the show because he said, you know, I want to go back to before I had a show and I was going to people's homes and helping them mm-hmm. uh, and and figuring out what, what was there and how to help these people. Um, and so he's really sincere. And so uh, Nick Goff left Ghost Adventures because of the same thing, like, like the Hollywoodization of the show. I mean, I know ratings are good. And the good thing about the ghost shows is it caused people to change their minds about the paranormal. You know, most people now are not as skeptical. I mean, some of them, people do, you know, laugh at the ghost adventures because that's kind of so Hollywoodized. He does have the state of our equipment, but then so do a lot of the ghost hunter groups around here too. We have a lot of good groups in Michigan. Um, that actually are very professional and they will come out and find out what's there and they're getting evidence. But then what they need is to partner up with people like us that actually come out then and help the people like Amy Allen does. Have you seen her show? The dead file. Uh, I haven't seen that one. That one where they, they come out, she goes through, she's a psychic medium like, like I am and, and 
we figure out what's there and then they do a reveal of what, about that and then they tell people what they need to do to to get rid of what's in their house. What And it's always a negative thing, you know, that's there. So that's pretty interesting because she's – she is trying really to help people and she – then when you see her at the end just telling people, but she does tell them you need to bring in a shaman, you need to bring in a psychic medium. And what she promotes, which I really like, is that having shamans like Omer and I work together, psychic mediums mm-hmm. and shamans and Nicole and, and people, we all come together and work together. And I think that's great. Like why aren't we doing that? Then the next step is to get the psychiatric community to come into that too and then we can all start working together and finding out, you know, that – there are a lot of people out there that are just really being affected by negative entities. Well, and that's the thing. I feel like a lot of them don't even know. It's very subtle, like a fight or, you know, like bad thoughts. And you're like, oh, why am I thinking that? But like a lot of people don't think about that. They just think the thoughts. Right. And you don't know it's not yours. They don't think about the outside influence or yeah. the environmental influence. Right. Then you're like, oh, I'm just so depressed. Mm-hmm. Did you like why? Right, and how right. long have you been depressed? Yeah. And when did this start? And what happened? And what did you call in? I, I always ask people. We always say like, okay, what brought this in? Because with demons, they have to be called in, or you can, as some people we've encountered, moved into a house that they're already there. But um, often, I mean, somebody in that house before they moved in called it in. They cannot really do anything unless you call it in. But they can get in there and start working on your mind and making you so depressed that eventually you'll ask for their help. And they'll, oh, yeah, sure, come and help me. Um, they'll present themselves so often as a little blonde, blue-eyed little girl. I hear I hear that all the time. Oh, it's just a little blonde, blue-eyed girl that I'm talking to every night. And I go, I don't think so. <laughs> Mm. They, you know, because they lie and they pretend to be other people. That's why Ouija boards are kind of dangerous. That's what we were talking about last time. Oh was yeah, Ouija Hell boards. No. Ouija boards. Uh-uh. <laughs> keep them. Casey and I are, said we we never touch them. No. Oh. Omar told us his story last time about his experience. But um, do you guys have experiences with that? Where I grew up playing the Ouija board all the time, so that is another thing. But um, I think it is can be dangerous because um, you don't always know what you're bringing in. And if you aren't uh, using good protection, <laughs> you don't know what's going on, and you can bring something in. Um, yeah, I just tell people it's not a game. But, off, but it also, I mean, it's it just depends. I'm not totally against Ouija boards, but I... Use responsibly. Yeah, use them responsibly. Right. And know what you're doing. And because they're not really a toy. And if you just say, if, like, if you say anybody out there, uh, it's like going to your door and opening the door and saying, oh, come on in. And that's what you just did. You just told anybody out there, you don't know who's out there. Yeah, it's not a CB radio, folks. Come on in. (laughs) And so then when you invite, and you invited him in. So if there's a demon out there that's been kind of maybe trying to get in there. It'll come in and say, ah, you invited me. Okay, good. And then you say, well, I think you need to leave now. It's like, nope, <laughs> not leaving. And there's a, a certain way you're supposed to close the Ouija board when you're done. And a lot of people don't know that. They don't do that. And therefore, that portal stays open even mm-hmm. when they put the board back in a box. You said something about you have to put the um, the marker and the uh, board the in different boxes. The plan yeah. shot. If you yeah. put them together, that's kind of – it can be dangerous. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Put them up separate. Don't don't put them. 
My planchette is in front of my computer. I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but it, <laughs> and my Ouija board's in the living room. But <laughs> like, why do I have so many viruses? What's virus demon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I have. A, maybe that's why my computer isn't working right now. Need to come exercise my <laughs> <I> computer. <better. laughs> so, are are demons kind of similar in the sense that well, they say that people can take spirits home with them because they can attach themselves to them. Mm-hmm. Are demons the same way if, if they were out somewhere or they were at someone else's house where maybe there was a possession there, a demon in the house, and could it attach themselves onto that new person and go home with them? Yeah, they, they, well, they, they will try to then, that's what we call it when it does the oppression, it's starting to work on you to get, so you'll call it in and so it can stay. So if I can come, if we can come and, and come to a home where they, it's, it's new and it hasn't really got a lot of foothold, we can get rid of it so much quicker. And you can do, you can do action exorcism on a person too if it's really new. It hasn't really taken hold much. It's just taking possession of it. It's just kind of battling for their soul. You can get them out. But if it's there a long time, in its total possession, there's not much you can do. So I'm really glad when people call me right away and say, I think there's something, I'm really feeling depressed, and I'm getting sick, and I'm just, you know, no one knows what's wrong with me. It's good if they call us early. Is it, now, when you say that demon has been there a long time, there's not much you can do. I've heard it said that some um, priests will do more than one exorcism. Like it's a it's mm-hmm. a, a ritualistic thing. Like they stop yeah. by every week. Or um, I I was wondering if there's any truth to that. I did see the film with Anthony Hopkins. It's actually a very underrated film, The Right. The Right. It's really yeah, good. Yeah. It's really good. And in which in the beginning he was dealing with that pregnant girl, mm-hmm. um, who you know she would just stop by weekly. He's like, it's gonna take. A long time and they didn't even know she was possessed at first mm-hmm. uh, i love that scene but i was wondering if there was any truth to that so i didn't see that i don't watch scary movies right, they so scare me yeah i was like anthony hopkins <laughs> as an exercising priest hmm. sign me up yesterday <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was a very good very underrated film but it did follow the same formula as the exorcist and i think that's why people work on like yawn you know a minister Young guy losing his faith goes to Rome to learn about exorcism. You know, f- follows the mm-hmm. same thing. But um, no, it's, it's very good. But um, yeah, but yeah, that's unfortunate for people. That um, now, how can someone tell? Can someone self-diagnose themselves and say, "I have"? I feel like there's something in me, mm. or have they totally just lost control at that point when they start showing well, signs of possession? Sometimes, I mean, what I've read so far is like kind of black out during the day. Mm. Um, They're stronger or, you know, like They're strong after, after yeah, dark. You know the like, Warrens, and they have that basement. I don't know if you... You know Ed and Lorraine Warren? Yeah. Uh, and they are the people that really created... Well, Malachi Martin's out there, and all the, the Catholics are out there always knowing. They kind of have a weird sense like they do know about this, but then on the other hand, they say, you know, they don't. It's kind of weird. But... um they do know what to do, and but there's not very many people trained, and you have to be a very spiritual person to do it. And just because you're a priest doesn't make you spiritual. So uh, the spiritual ones like Malachi Martin would always talk about we need more exorcists trained. Then Dr. Scott Peck came along, and he's not a Catholic. He wasn't even baptized. He was um, a psychiatrist, and it, 
he wrote The Road Less Traveled and a lot of other books, People of the Lie. And he was very popular, I think, in the 80s. And that's where I met him. And I didn't – I read the book The People of the Lie. And he talks about exorcism and talk about people who have been misdiagnosed and how um, they're not sure if something's wrong. And he's he kept feeling that some of these people, I think, I know evil exists. And he – believed it like the Catholic Church does. Uh, and because he's a psychiatrist, he can kind of see the difference between possession and mental illness, which is really, you know, can be disguised. So he decided he was going to become an exorcist. He talked to Malachi Martin, the priest, um, who is kind of a rogue priest. So, you know, the ones that can just do it, they kind of step out and they just do exorcisms because the Vatican has to okay all of them. And by that time, that person may be totally possessed. You don't have that much time. So um, he taught Scott Peck how to do that. He took him to some exorcisms. Um, Scott Peck actually went and got himself baptized because that's a little mini exorcism, you know, of yourself. And um, then he started doing exorcisms. And he wrote the book called a Glimpse of the Devil. That's a good book to read if you want to hear about exorcisms. And how he said, you know, anybody that's a spiritual person can do this. You can do that. So, um, and that's true. If you, if you talk to someone, and then that's the thing. You have to know, is that person, is it a mental illness or is it, and, and I can kind of discern that. I think as you work with this, you kind of learn that discernment. You come in a room and you can tell. Sometimes you're just like, oh yeah, it, you need to take your meds. You know, you know that's it's something that you have to work on. But other times you think, no, I think there's something going on here. In a past show, Casey and I talked about mental illness versus possession, things of that nature. So it's interesting that you're talking about that right now. Um, someone told me, like you said, that you have to be spiritual, um, but they said that they thought only priests could do. Uh, Exorcism. Yes. Yeah. Exorcism. And it's not true. I mean, Dr. Scott Peck, uh, showed that, um, by writing his book, he was trying to tell people we need to get out there and help. Now, after the, there is another book, if you're interested in the history, if anybody wants to read that about American exorcism. And it talks about how after the exorcist movie came out, everybody saw demons and you still get that feel. I think I have a demon and you don't, you know, everybody just like, Oh, there's demons all over. And the ghost hunters, that's why when they're going out there, people say, you got to come to my house. I have a demon. And it's not, it's faulty wiring or like the taps people would say, it's your plumbing bad. It's making noise. It's not, it's not a demon. But then there are those people that really are, it's a demon. I mean, it's really uh, amazing. But Dr. Scott Peck was trying to tell people that you you can do that. But again, you have to be willing to step into that arena. Not everybody should do that. But then when this exorcism movie came out, the evangelical churches who are just always saying everything's demons, right? Everything's demonic card playing. And some of them get really a little carried away. And if you're listening in your evangelical evangelical church, you're probably going, well, you know, that's demonic. But, oh, well, I always insult people anyway. So um, <laughs> we feel that way, too, about ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't please everyone. You can't please right. everyone. But they started doing exorcisms like crazy. They So this guy that was writing the book wanted to go out and see Americana, and he went out to, like, the, the Bible Belt, Indiana, Ohio. You know, if you go through those areas where there's a lot of evangelical Christians who are getting together and having group exorcisms, you know, like it was crazy. And he writes about that. He tells about them. But yet 
there is something about that that I mean there probably are a few people they really did help that really did you know faith because they do pray they do have this the faith and there's some of them that I do believe reading the book that I would say yeah they're pretty good exorcisms but then other people just got carried away it's kind of like ghost hunting you know people everybody has a little meter and everybody's going out looking for ghosts and so then it calmed down a little bit and the thing is the Catholic Church just doesn't have an exorcist as they're supposed to in every diocese. They just don't. They don't have people trained. And um, the Pope did have this last summer people go to the Vatican and get trained. So there are more out there. But again, it takes a long time. By the time you can't just go to a priest and then you have to get the okay. And that's what Scott Peck was like saying. It takes too long. You've got to uh, have people that can go like you hear – like we did, we did an exorcism mm-hmm. the other day, and it's like you, they yell out, "We need help! I need help! Get this out of me!" You go and you do it. <laughs> you just start doing it, and you just get them out. Yeah. So you guys do exorcism? Yeah, well, I did one. <laughs> she did a great job, and yeah. it was like, uh, like okay, if we didn't plan on it, again, no, we were just like, we went to the we, house uh, because. They had something there. We were, uh, Omer and I had been working mm-hmm. at the house, but they had an emergency and she called and we said, you know, we should just go out there. It sounds like they are, they need trouble. They're in, they're in trouble. And I think it was your birthday, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah so yeah. you, he didn't it was my come. Birthday, yeah. So I was like, so he uh... didn't come. <laughs> Can you we take one for the team go. and uh, yeah. do this one for me? <laughs> we just showed up because we thought we could help, you know, mm-hmm. see what's going on and, you know, get her calmed down because she was very scared. But the husband, was the one that was being possessed, and yeah, he was well, like, "Well, that's what we just went jump in. Right. We can't really talk. We can't. We have to be confidential, mm-hmm. but we did just jump in and do it. We just mm-hmm. did it, and we did it. it was Were good. you? Do you guys get scared ever? Well, going in, I was mm-hmm. like, "All right, this is where I die. It's fine." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, on the inside. That was your first one. And you're that like, was your uh, first one. You didn't know what was well, going to happen. And you see someone right. like, oh, I'm like, like well, okay, this is kind of scary. Maybe. I don't know. Well, and that's what, it, you know, the whole thing about having mental illness compared to being possessed. I was like, well, nothing fell off the wall and there was no smell. And like, I'm checking off the supernatural list. Like, mm-hmm. you didn't qualify for any of those. But I think but it was, was a lesser, right. It was a lesser uh, yeah. demon. Sometimes you're not going to get that. I mean, yeah, not, it's a pretty long list. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to say. They have this, this, and that. Because you'll have something completely calm. You'll never mm-hmm. know it. Hmm. You know, so they're really, if there is a list, it's really long. Mm-hmm. You know, because some people will show certain characteristics and others won't. So you mm-hmm. can't really go by that. And sometimes it's the closest person to you. Where you're thinking that it's complete strangers or someone coming look with a certain weird. It could be somebody that's been there right next da, to da, you. Da. I'm serious. <laughs> it could be. You never know. I'm looking at you all. <laughs> Listen, I heard, this, you. I heard this great quote today, though. Um, it goes like this. So when we talk to God, they call that prayer. But when God talks to us, they call it schizophrenia. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. That's good. Right. Now, in certain cases, if somebody says, I feel possessed, I mean, you can't necessarily say, even though you might not feel that way, you can't say, well, I think you have mental illness. Do you just go out on a limb and exercise them anyway? No. No, no you wouldn't do that. No. Because you'd, you'd have to go, well, it's a long process. Yeah, because any, anyone that says that they're on meds, no. then we got to take a step back. Mm-hmm. Because 
we're not licensed, we're not doctors like that or anything like that. And, and the meds themselves could do one or two things, even though they're designed to take care of a certain disorder or whatever they have going on, it could also open them up to some other influences. You know, like before, before the meds, maybe they weren't seeing things. Now they're on meds and is supposed to take care of a certain disorder, but now they're seeing things no. all over the place. That makes me wonder, is there an insurance policy like for? Oh, I have that in my book. I'm writing a book about that. And I, as part of my book, I do say that something. Oh, the homeowner. We're not supposed to go in the base. What, what is it like? Oh, he's not insured for demon infestations. I remember <laughs> I write that because I'm like, Yeah. And you have to, do you have to disclose if you have a demon in your house? <laughs> no, I think you have to disclose if you have someone that's died. And then someone said if you think you have a that's ghost, only if a you ask. Person, yeah, if they ask, if you they can't they lie ask, to them. Yeah. If someone says, do you have a ghost here? They have, you have to say yes. No, if because I just had this oh, conversation with well, a client. Well, that doesn't mean they're going to be a yeah, you ghost. have to ask the homeowner mm-hmm. if somebody had died in there, and they have to give you the answer. But they don't but have to tell you, you that. Like, oh, there's lots of activity yeah. here, but you just let them. Go. I sold my dad's house, and I never told him about. There's that. a website out there now. You can just type in the address. But he's not. I don't think he's there anymore. There. Yeah, he didn't. He yeah, he died there. That's true. That's always yeah. Well, <laughs> then he'd be obsessing over it, like which houses people died at. But you figure there's got to be a lot of houses where people have died. Yeah, just think, and then you know what's the worst though? Motels. Hotels and motels. Yes. People die in those, and you don't know. People you go die because they've been killed. Oh, my God. I'll <laughs> tell you, in Traverse City, I was in a haunted motel room. Oh, my God. It's like, I think most of them are. Oh, no. like, I wake up and I think, who is that person looking out the window? What's someone doing in my room? And I think, she's dressed kind of weird. And it's like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to wait here. What should I do? And I was thinking, and they, they crossed from the window. They, that's what woke me up. They opened the curtain and dropped it. I thought, wait a minute, there's uh, someone standing in my room. I thought, no. is that a real person or not? And I thought, I don't know. So, like, <laughs> I never know. So I thought, I think it's not real, but... Well. So she walks in the bathroom, and I wait for her to come out. She never comes out, so I get up, and I think, I don't think there's anybody here. And they were There was nobody there. But I saw her go in the bathroom. I thought, ah, this is a haunted room. They gave me a haunted room. <laughs> they would do that. <laughs> now, in hotels, do you know what the consensus is as of cause of death? Nope. No, I don't know what was. I don't know why she was there. I thought she was a maid. I thought maybe I'm just wondering if they were all connected. Yeah. Like there's a, a high rate of suicide in hotel rooms. Oh, there or, could be. I don't know. Yeah. I know there was people that have heart attacks sometimes. I know I was with a friend and someone had a heart attack and they carted them out. I thought, oh, <laughs> I hope oh. they're not there. We should go there and cross them over. Just make sure. Mm-hmm. You know that. That could be a show in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Hotels and motels. Someone said they did have a show called. Um, <laughs> Dead tenants, or de- no, it was dead tenants. I said you had a show called that. Well, it didn't last very long, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've been in, in at least three hotels where I couldn't sleep on the bed. I had to sleep on the chair. That just happened in Grand Haven. I was so just all your they, people are going to Grand well, Haven. Be careful, there's a room out there. Died on the bed, but because of what was done on the bed. Well, that's what I was going to say. Oh. Because you had, well, you, oh, they just left like, energy. That was just energy. Yeah, but I mean well, that's like multiple energies. It's not just one energy, like. You know what I'm saying? Like if you go hmm. stay at a, a relative's house or something like that, and these hotels, I mean, <laughs> whoa. A relative's house and you're like, I, I know never, you didn't I never that. thought about that. That's why I don't like to stay in hotels. I hate, you know, as you know, yeah. I'll go, I'll stay out in the campground. I'll find a place right, to right. pitch my tent. I don't go to hotels. That, yeah. them. that was my question because on our last show, Omar was saying to us, you need to change your bed if it's been more than five years, <laughs> five right? Five years. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Yeah, because of the energy that is contained in that bed from 
from what? whatever has right. gone Multiple on. Multiple people oh. using the beds. Yeah. But if yeah, only so one person, if it's your bed and you're only you have been in it, I'm not changing my. I'm just After my five bed. years, you should. No, I'm not. <laughs> so there. She won't even let me in her house yet. I haven't seen her. Yeah, house I know yet. you're like, I don't get that. I know you're gonna let me in. Get away from the bed. She's keeping me out of her house on purpose. You're not. I know you're not gonna. You're gonna start telling me stuff about my house, and it's like, okay. You he walks, he walks bed past entry. your bedroom like freak. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! You know, if I have spirit people there, it's because they're my friends. I'd you like know? to meet your friends. <laughs> well, you can, but you better be nice to them because of course, of course. I only invite the good ones in. The bad ones, I yeah, make them. Of go. course, I'll be super nice. <laughs> awesome. Now, Nicole, um, question. So do you consider yourself, because you started doing this whole thing this summer, are you an apprentice of um, demonology or um, exorcisms? Well, you kind of just jumped right in there and right. there you yeah, are. I just I, told her, like, you're a demonologist. You can't help it. I kind of just once did. You do it, it's like you are. Well, and once you, like, for me, like, once I go in there, it's like I already know what to do. Mm-hmm. It's getting there that I get in my head and, you know, do human things. It's right. all up there. So what is in terms of your metaphysical career, what is your uh end goal? What would well, you what, what do you what do you tell people when, when like you're you're at the salon and you're working on clients like um this is something I do outside, this is one of my passions, what do you label it? I just say we do house cleansings. Okay. House cleansing is a kind of nice way to because it doesn't freak people out. Right. I've right. kind of like I mean my clients are like the people that have been with me for so long. I've been doing hair for like 18 years. Mm-hmm. So like they've seen me like become a mom, become a wife, like all that kind of stuff. So this is just another like thing. And, you know, you start out little bits and like, yeah, I'm doing this class here and I'm doing this here. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I'm doing house cleansings. <laughs> That's really cool. Now, have now did your clientele ask for your services as well? Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, I've been to a couple of them. That's very cool. And I was telling Omar on the show last time that it's nice to have um, activists such as yourselves um, go out in the community and be open and say, hey, this is the kind of thing we do. This is the service we provide and we take donation basis. And um, because some people would be scared to admit that they think they have something in their home or um, something over them because they don't want to look crazy. or Well, and that's the big thing. Like my thing is I don't want people to think that they're – alone because they're crazy and not everybody accepts all this even though the people that i have around me do not everybody accepts this and i just don't want them to be alone and feel so crazy right right and then live with it thinking that there's something wrong with them every time you go home like you don't want to be home every time you like think about your like or even sitting in there like you're scared like that's not a way to live like you go home to like be at peace or you should right right and how did you – I mean, I know that you said that she did your reading and, and then you guys got into talking and you were interested. But were you – it sounds like you were already kind of tapping into it a little bit. What were you doing before that that brought you to be interested in that and push a little bit further to be like, hey, I kind of want to do that? Well, what I found out is like I'm definitely a very strong empath and when – I'm very visual, and reading is hard for me, so I watch a lot of movies, and this is going to sound really funny, but, like, I watch a lot of, like, supernatural stuff, but I can 
pick out of it, like watching The Warrens. And even though I know it's a movie, I can pick out and discern what is somewhat true and what's been like, okay, that's just in there. <laughs> yes. You know, like they it's just put that in there. Watch a movie with me because I say, oh, that wouldn't happen. Oh, but oh, that could happen. But no, that's totally made up. <laughs> <laughs> but you watch enough of them and you see the coincidences in them. Like this was in this show and, and it was in this show. And then, you know, you get your phones. <laughs> I Google everything. Like I always Googling, always I've on YouTube watching, learning, trying to figure out something. Mm-hmm. In fact, these guys were like, you need to stop and like meditate. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> it's all inside of you. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's why I get to a textbook about it, right? Well, yeah. you get, you, you gotta I get, get like feeling. stuck looking for something and sure. I forgot I already found it. Like, <laughs> right, right. Or you felt it. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So take us through like a, a, a typical house cleansing and how the three of you kind of tackle it. Well, we go in. Usually there's a phone call. Mm-hmm. Somebody called us. Let's hope, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's hope you just randomly call. go to people's houses yeah. like, you need to Hello, do Hello, we're yes. here to... Uh, <laughs> Clean your house with these demons. Let's go. And that's the important Step thing. Aside, right? please. You know, we're, this is right, what's good about shows and things like this because we go to the paracons and stuff because people don't know who to call. I mean, mm-hmm. how do they, you know, if they're having something going on? Like I used to do psychic investigations for, I mean, for years. I've always done that because I've always been a psychic. Um, and I would go to people's homes a lot because people would say there was something they wouldn't be so afraid to have someone do a cleansing like they're they're not talking demons they're just saying cleansing and most often nine times again out of ten it's just nothing it's nothing so it's nice to to tell them that mm-hmm. but then it's that one time that it's like mm, this is a toughie yeah but actually I think when it's a human spirit it's harder I think oh rats it's a human spirit this is going to be hard but if it's a demon oh we can get rid of that because <laughs> they mm-hmm. have rules they have to play by rules, but humans—they have free will, and they can say, "I'm not leaving. This is my house." And so then, they can be well, stubborn. Oh yeah, because like if they died because and they didn't pass on because they're this is their house and they're going to stay there. Mm-hmm. Well, it's pretty hard to uproot them. I think you're going to be stuck with this guy. <laughs> yeah. So it's more about counseling the spirit to cross. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's because they're just afraid. A lot of fear. Right. Well, let's yeah. keep in mind, sometimes they don't know they're dead. There, there's that. And um, if they died really accidentally and really sudden, they don't know. And then you have to tell them. And that's kind of hard. Sometimes they don't mm-hmm. believe you. But, uh, yeah, and then there's the ones that I'm just going to stay here because it's my house. And then there's the ones that are they have a big fear. They're afraid to cross over. So if you can bring down a loved one into the white light and bring them down to come and get them you know someone comes to get you if you have loved ones up there so that helps and you can bring that's a beautiful thought yeah you just bring your like okay who who do you know who do you love that could come and get you your mother your sister who's who's passed on and you get them to come down and they usually can urge them that they can usually help to get them to go you know what's interesting is people um, that I know when their grandparents are about to pass, the the mm-hmm. grandmother or the grandfather will t- start talking about my parents are coming to pick me up. Yep, I've will. heard that a lot. Mm-hmm. But they'll say, "My sister was here yesterday," and you're, they'll say, "Ah, your sister died. She can't be." And I said, "Nope, she's here. <laughs> you know, she came." Yeah, right. For some I'll folks, know. it's not just it's not so sudden. Sometimes it's an in and out. 
you know, mm-hmm. right, right. Before, when they're going to die but before that happens, before mm-hmm. the finality of it, they're going in and out and they're meeting loved ones. Then they come mm-hmm. back here and they're meeting some more loved ones and stuff like that. It can happen like that as well. So mm-hmm. right. that's how my grandpa was. Yeah. They see mm-hmm. them. Like I had someone telling me that their mother was seeing, talking to people. And I said, okay, she's getting ready. She's getting ready to cross over. Mm-hmm. But I don't know when it will be. Sometimes... Like when it's their birthday, people often die around their birthdays. If you think about it, that's your solar return. It's when you go often. So it sounds like when there is a person and not a um, demon or evil spirit, uh, that you mostly talk to them and try to communicate and try to get them to cross over mm-hmm. by. Um, well, did you say you all can hear spirits or? I usually can feel them more than at this point. I'm still trying to work on that whole thing. But everybody has their own ability. Mm -hmm. Some people are clairvoyant. Some are just clairsentient. Some people see them. I choose not to see them because I don't like to walk in a room and there's someone standing there. It's like a... So you can turn that off? I can turn that off, yeah. I have turned that off. Well... Not always, because sometimes they'll still surprise me, like, oh, what are you doing here? You know, but, uh, and I've had encounters with people that I thought were real. And then later I think, you know, something was odd about that. I think that wasn't my spirit guy. I said, yeah, they weren't real people. They were spirits. And they'll seem totally real. I've had like flesh and blood people I had these encounters with. It's amazing. Now, when it comes to the demons, what is the protocol by which? For one, by which you sense it, and also um, by which you get rid of it, because you did say it was easier than counseling mm-hmm. a spirit to pass on. Yeah, because they have rules. I mean, they have, they were called in, and they're there to work on that person, and their thing really is to get that person to die. <laughs> they can't kill you, though. So they have to make you feel so, uh, that's why the depression, to make you suicidal so that you'll kill yourself. And then, boy, if you take some other people out, I mean, you hear about all these shootings, and that really bothers me when I hear about a mass shooting. I think, oh, that person might have been possessed, yeah. you know. And it really bothers me. Why couldn't we help that person or get to them? Or, even, or mental health field, you know, we can't do it all. We can't get everybody. But um, But if you encounter them, you know they can't. They, 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 they work on your mind. They're more, they're more mental. They, they work on your mind. And they actually will work on, try to work on my mind too. They'll try to give me pictures and things that I know aren't true. They lie. So they, you know, one thing that they always lie. But if you ask them their name, they have to tell you, you know, so you can get them to tell your name and you can, um, you can command that they leave and they have to obey. They have to leave if you command them. So when you say that, they put images and thoughts into your head that are not true. Are you saying that they're trying to deceive you into believing that there's something not Sometimes other they than do. a demon? Yep, they'll try to do that, too, control- just like they do the people. The controlling point is your mm-hmm. perception. Yep. And you have to say, wait a minute. Try- <laughs> trying to win you over to make... Yeah. Wait a minute. Oh, that's not, that's not true. Or they'll try to scare me. Has there been times where you had to be like, I need to step outside. I need to mm-hmm. take a break. I don't know. I don't think so. Mm-mm. No. Not even when the, they send the dogs to hell on me. I still was like, okay, we're going to. Because I, I would imagine that, I mean, you guys do oh, yeah. rituals probably to 
cleanse yourselves and mm-hmm. protect yourselves. And I don't know if you carry around stones or crystals and, and things of that nature. But I have all the crystals. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to have a whatever you believe in. And so I always ask people, what is your faith? What do you believe in? Whatever you believe in, that's what's going to help you because it's your intent. If you think that'll work, it'll work. So you have to have the faith that that'll work. If you don't believe it, nothing I do is going to help that person. I've had that. I had that problem in with somebody that I had to send over to. I was working on my own for, I lost my, I've had different teammates over this. And, uh, it's nice. This is a good team. I like it. It's, it's working really well. And I was working by myself and that's hard. I was really looking for someone when I met Omar. That was great. Cause I was working with people that they didn't trust. They didn't really believe in me. They said, we need a demonologist. And I said, you know, I kind of am. <laughs> no, because, you know, I don't look like a demonologist. I think I'm supposed to look like Anthony Hopkins, you know, I'm coming Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't. So uh, they kept, <laughs> so I thought, okay, I got to get a guy for one thing. I know a guy, because I've always worked with men, and I need another, you know, because that helps. I can be there doing the stuff in the background, but I have to have somebody that looks like the demonologist, you know. They can be looking like it and saying the things, and I'll be doing my stuff because um, I'll be talking to the demon. They'll say, and they don't get it. The people don't get it because uh, they'll say, well, Tell her, tell, tell Beverly what your name, you know, they'll say, but they'll, they'll be always, they, my partner was always addressing me to do it, but he looked like the demonologist, you know, so it was like great. It was like really good. Um, you know, it was funny, but when I sent Omar out, well, they, they listened to him and he, you told him the same things I was telling him, but it's like, it's funny. Uh, so when you started getting into demonology, how did you dive into it as far as, Building up the information of how to go about it. Um, did you just do a lot of reading, uh, research? Did you have a mentor who you went to to seek advice from of how to become into this field? You're talking to always me. Oh, um, you're a demonologist. <laughs> oh well, but so is Nicole. Uh, well, both of you then. Well, I. I don't know. I've always been interested in, I guess, the dark side. So that's why, that's why one person said, you're good at this because you have this dark side. <laughs> I, and I thought about that. I thought, hmm, really? And I thought, oh, you know, you're right. Because, um, you know, astrologer, I'm an astrologer, and, uh, and, you know, you can't really read your own chart, just like you can't diagnose yourself. And another astrologer looked at my chart and said, hey, you were born a wizard. You know, you've always been like this. I thought, yep, I came, I came incarnated to do this. So, um, but I had to do other different things and, you know, other things along the way. But I think, I do think that's one of the things, like, I always kind of was into the dark side a little bit. I never got, went totally like to the Darth Vader side, but I always stayed in the light. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, I played with it, but I, so I understand it because I understand. I think you have to have that a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think they weren't wrong when they said, you know, it's because you're a dark side. And I said, what do you mean my dark side? You yeah. see that? Yeah. I had a, a tarot reader friend. She told me one of the, the best sentence ever. She said, I grew up haunted. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was mm-hmm. perfect. I actually wrote yeah. a whole story based on it. Um, but yeah, I thought that was very interesting because I said, how, you know, how did you get interested in to tarot readings and the occult? She just said, I, I always felt like I grew up haunted. I'm like, that could take on a lot of meaning. So, but what does that mean? <laughs> that was you. You did yeah. that. 
I hit the. <laughs> that was I, the most gentlest bell ringing I've ever heard. I, know, I, I grew up on it. <laughs> yeah, like oh, it was a message <laughs> from the. I was like, who was giving me the world. amen? Like, yeah. That's an amen. That? Yeah, <laughs> we like that one. Yeah. Growing up haunted. Yes, you did. Uh, yeah, I like Sentence that. Sentence of the I night, like folks. Sorry about that. I, I when I talk to other. You know, growing up, I was, we always knew we were psychic. My family was psychic. So, um, although I denied it some of them later, but they were psychic. <laughs> and we just knew that my mother said, though, because I grew up in the dark ages when people said, don't tell anybody, you know, because it was like you're a weird gypsy fortune teller, weird person. You know, there wasn't any TV shows or what. It was only the weird people. And we were not supposed to ever talk about being psychic, but we could use it for our own good um, in our family and stuff. But, um I saw my first ghost in my house. I was probably like 10, and I thought, oh, I can talk to you. Wow, that's interesting. And then I realized I could talk to ghosts all over the place. But I was, was a weird kid, so, I mean, I, my favorite place was graveyards. Like, who plays in graveyards as a little girl? Me. <laughs> so maybe I was always wanted to. It sounds like yeah. you... Both you and Omar were attracted to graveyards when you guys were younger, right? Mm-hmm. And, and your father was a tarot reader, clairvoyant. Tarot reader, um, uh, an astrologer. Astrologer. Yeah. So very similar upbringings. Yeah. And I talked to other psychic mediums and they say, yeah, my house. I said, did you grow up in a haunted house? And almost all of them say, yeah, that's how I got into this. I grew up with a haunted house or, you know, I, so they grew up that way. I guess I, I like that, that you were always haunted. Yeah, I can recall my dad talking to spirits when I was a little kid, yelling at them. They were down, like, the hall or down the stairs. Yeah. He would talk to me about creatures that he saw or the creatures over there, that kind of thing. So for could me, you, it was Could like, you see the same things he was talking I was, to? I was a kid. I, I, I was not trying to, you know, but then I kind of came into my own where I was seeing different things myself. But, like... Like if he was yelling at, oh, there's something on there, and he's I hear him having a conversation. I'd go run over there to see what it was. I was just like, I just stayed away from it. <laughs> but um, like I said, that, that's a family of psychics. My grandmother, my dad, my aunts did. Everyone had something. You know, some people had the gift of sight. Some used the crystal ball. Some used the cards. Was, so, and Nicole, do you feel like your family was? You said you're an empath. Do you feel like your family kind of had that ability too? Well, I definitely feel like they have little bits that they've kind of shut off during the years just because it hurts too much or whatever. Because even like watching movies for me, like, it's weird because I can watch a horror movie fine, but like watching a drama and I'm wrecked for three days. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I know my sister's definitely empathic for sure. But yeah, they're all sensitive. <laughs> can you kind of sense uh, from a distance things with people by feeling their energy like being in tune say if your sister was feeling a certain way do you could you kind of sense that or do you have to yeah. be in their presence no i can feel it over the text or a phone or um i do have to be focused in on them though and usually i don't know what i'm feeling i just kind of gravitate towards somebody I'm like hey how are you yeah so Knowing that you went and sought out and, and researched who Jesus was um, it, later in your life, um, did you grow up with any sort of faith basis aside from that? Not really. We, you know, dabbled in baptism and then, like, I think a little—I always loved Catholics. 
Like I love the art and the like ritualistic, yeah, yeah. incense, all that. There's the a robes. lot of romanticism to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I don't. I have a collection of art of uh, Catholic art. Actually, I have a rosary that Holly got me from Rome that was blessed by the Pope. Oh, it's that's one of my favorites. Perfect. Yeah. That's good protection. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful too. I love it. Um, but yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. The the romanticism and the power behind it too. Oh, totally. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't agree with obviously everything that your politics and stuff like that. But the the word and the the visuals and the the right. rituals of what they do is. Well, like you said, the politics, like, you know, people ruin church. Totally. It's the people. It's not the the, the faith. It's, um, it's, it's the people really, um, in those cases I find. So no, and I agree with you. So we're talking about cleansing houses, but also protecting them from, um, any negative energies. So I've heard if you put crosses in each room, do, do you believe in that too? Not, no. Here's the thing. Not just a, just doing no. that isn't going right. to do no. that. You, no. Here's the thing. It's your faith, your faith has to be greater than your fear. And what people do again because of Hollywood or because of this or because of that, they think a relic is going to protect them from something. That's not it. They're putting the faith in the relic. They have to put it in what the relic means. Mm. You understand? You got, I, it's inside of you. Exactly. It's like you can't just put something up, put something there, and and, and trust in just yeah. that thing. There's more to it. Right. That's just the tool. Yeah, I believe in what's behind it. Yeah. Correct. Like, yeah. And then the thing is, if they really, really believed in their faith wholeheartedly, most of the time they wouldn't be in a situation that they're in. Right. Well, it's like if my favorite bumper sticker is – if I go into a garage, it doesn't make me a car. So if I go into a church, does it make me spiritual? No, you can go in a church. It's not, it's got to come inside of you. You've got to become spiritual. And that's what Omar's trying to get more. Well, you say your spiritual counseling. We've discovered that when we go and we find someone in trouble, the first thing we're going to notice is they have no spirituality. They're just devoid of that. Cause if they were very spiritual and positive people, cause I have people that are very spiritual, very positive, and they say, I don't believe in demons. And I said, of course you wouldn't. You would never have a demon. I mean, you're too positive. And that's great. That's why you're never going to have a problem. The people over there that are really negative and, you know, always like down on themselves and down on everybody and that, and have no faith, no spirituality, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what religion is spirituality. And that's the person that's going to be. Right. And they may have reason. Yeah. And that's why that's some of the openings right there. Like maybe they they were raised in a certain religion and were abused or were taken advantage of. That's going to turn them off to the religion and rightfully so. But then what do they get to fill that void? And if it's not there, then a lot of times they turn to something else or ends up in addiction or something like that or repeating or abusing other people. They never really get the help that they need. But when they don't fill that void, that's when they become susceptible to the darker forces that are always there waiting for people like that. Yeah, they fit the mold. There is, yeah. it is like the Star Wars. There's the dark side and there's the light. And which you're going to align with. It, Joseph Campbell is my favorite person. I don't know if you know about Joseph Campbell. Mm-hmm. And I have lived my life in accordance with him. And that's why you got to transcend religion. That was his message. And when you get it, it's like 
it's all the Force. And he's the guy behind Star Wars, right? Lucas brought Joseph Campbell in and he told him all about the mythology and the good and the bad and how it's a battle. It's always been a battle. And are you going to line yourself with the good or are you going to line yourself with the dark? And unfortunately, the dark is more tempting. We always ask, like, why are people going to the dark all the time? But it is more exciting. Well, it's more exciting. There's more people. There's more everything that you really, really like. Power. <laughs> However, you follow the other side, that path can be very narrow and it can be kind of lonely. So that's what makes the darker more attractive in a sense. You know, like the bad boys. Why do girls always date the bad guys? Because they're exciting. But, you know, they finally <laughs> wake up, but it takes I, a while. Well, now. <laughs> 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 yeah, I found it interesting when you guys were talking about earlier um, the the suicide murder and how in the spirit world these things don't end; they continue on, especially when two people die in that nature. And we usually think of they cross over; they're at peace now, and it's hard to think of them in, in that aspect to think that your loved ones could still cross over and still be dealing with that hell. Oh, not if they cross over; it's the people that don't cross over. Well. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if they're trapped in... The ones that don't yeah. cross over is one we deal with. I mean, if you cross over, you're fine. And we can tell the difference. If you come to visit somebody, like someone's mom comes to visit, they're fine. You know, they just come to watch, visit. They've crossed over. They can come back and visit. They can sort of become like a guardian angel. Um, they're not... You know, they've they've dealt with what their past incarnation. So it's different. It's different. People that are stuck here are the ones that are stuck here. They haven't crossed over. I can tell the difference. Well, and they sit there, like one of my friends who had lost their father, he didn't know he died. So he's in his like workshop, like doesn't understand why everybody's sad in the house. So it's stuff like that. Like they don't even know. And somebody's got to tell them. They're like, well, I don't know what's going on. Like, So to a spirit who has passed away and has not crossed over and is kind of lingering in this it would be lingering in a, in a different dimension, correct? The ones that don't cross over are in our dimension, our dimension <laughs> which is not, a, yeah, not great. So we try to get them to cross over into the dimension. But, but you know, most people, most people do cross over. Most people do cross over. It's just those few people. So um, for someone who hasn't crossed over and is still stuck in this dimension, what do you, do you know kind of what it would be like for them as far as, how they wouldn't know that they were dead. Does is because I hear time's different to you know uh, spirits. Yeah, there's no time. It's just forever. Um, you know, they kind of go about their day sometimes. Some places are they're going about their day, like the guy in the workshop. Right, he's mm-hmm. just doing his stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, except he's not there. <laughs> yeah. And you have to say, I'm sorry, you need to cross over, it's okay. But other people, like some ghosts, some spirit people just kind of settle into a place and they don't want to leave. They, they, they like the place, they get happy about just someone coming in, meeting people. Uh, it depends. I mean, they're all different. But basically, I mean, they should cross over. I, I hate to see people stuck here. It is hard. Like, like Grant Wilson and I were talking about that exploitation. Like, I hate to say to ghost hunters, I, but I will, that they, they do exploit their ghosts a little bit. I know and I do realize that by taking on different haunted locations and having ghost hunts 
does help get money for that location to um, keep themselves. Like there is a great group. I have to say the group in Bay City who has a, a PT boat from Vietnam. And if it wasn't for their ghost hunts on that ship, um, they couldn't keep that ship. You know, they renovated it. They keep it open as a museum. It is a great thing they're doing. But um, I'm hoping that the ghosts there, though, that are on that ship, the spirit people, because they're not just ghosts. I always think of ghosts as as somebody that um, is just a residual, is leftover energy. There's kind of you see someone walking down the road, and you see someone walking down the road that, but they're not really there. It's just a like a, a loop of a film, but they're not really there. That's just a ghost um, that haunts. But if someone that you can interact with. Um, that's a different of a spirit person. And I just think, well, you know, I I can't come in there and make them all leave and try to get them to leave because then they don't have anything for anybody to come and talk to and then they won't, can't ghost hunt. And so it is kind of a quandary, but what do you do? And like um, Casey was touching on the shows uh, earlier, um, the different ghost shows. And I mean, Ghost Adventures, which you guys brought up, the thing that with that was that I feel like they egged them on, but in a negative way. Yeah. Yeah. At what in point the, does that become blasphemy? Uh, just, just to get a reaction, yeah. any kind of reaction so that they can film it. Yep. Yep. All the ghost hunter groups, like if you go to the Sioux or you go to any of the Paracons, you will notice they don't invite them. Why is that? <laughs> they don't invite any of those guys. They don't invite the ghost hunters. Well, Nick, Nick comes because Nick left them and he talks about that. And he'll talk about that too, that, you know, he's there to help spirit people not do that. But, and everybody kind of jokes about him. Don't be a Zach. Don't be a Zach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a standard phrase. <laughs> Right, some kind of rock star. Yeah, well, yeah, but he's doing. I mean, when he started out, think when he started out, he was really he really, really did a good job with that first. Um, that he made a documentary and he won and got picked up for a television show and he was really into finding out evidence of people spirits and and he had a good. But then he went Hollywood and went Vegas when he moved to Vegas. Yeah, because I heard that he actually got his start. His first experience, and I could be wrong. So in Michigan. From, yeah, in Trenton, right? In Trenton, yeah. Yeah. And, he was uh, an art student. I, okay. Um, in an apartment mm-hmm. there. And I found that interesting because we're from Downriver. Yeah, yeah I'm trying to think of what well, apartments are in Trenton. Well, there's a lot of Downriver. I've been to a lot of houses Downriver. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> I was like, could you sense we're from Downriver? <laughs> I think... I think it's because of all the water. I mean, they're right. You're right by the water, and there right. are so many houses. I've been called like one time. I was called within two weeks to Downriver. I was like, "This house is like three blocks from the house I was at before." And all of Wyandotte is pretty much an I Indian was just burial ground, that and, all and that's that. the problem. Yeah. They built over top of that and yep. didn't have any regard for that. Yeah, it's uh, like in two. It's yep. like in a poltergeist when he says, "You move the tombstones, but you didn't move the bodies." <laughs> 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 well, Eastern Market. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah that's right. That yeah. Before, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I was I was telling a story to a guy that I met, um, and he, he said, I can debunk any story that you tell me about ghosts because I just don't believe in that. So I was talking about a place that I used to work, how I went in the basement because it was an old house and that there was sp- still spirits lingering there. And I had never really seen anything before. So I was a little bit skeptical when I first started working there. One of the girls had said that she had seen things. 
So one day I was in the basement and I saw this um, light that came out of nowhere, but it didn't come from a light bulb. It just came from the thin air and it flashed and that, but it moved and it flashed over here and then it flashed again over here. And then I just stood there and I was watching it and it's almost like as soon as it knew that I was watching it, it just continually flashed and then it stopped. Um, there was other experiences other than that, but this guy was trying to debunk it. Well, maybe something shined off another object and you just saw that and the, and it just kept doing it a couple of times. It's probably a weather balloon. <laughs> yeah. Swamp gas. When I was a yep. kid, it was swamp gas. Yep. Swamp gas. Yep. In the basement. Yep. It followed you down the street. <laughs> I, I said, well, there was another time where I heard my name whispered in my ear. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm like, I can't explain that. He's like, well, there was probably people close by and maybe just said your name. And I, I'm like, no, because there was people in another room. And I went across and I said, did you say my name? Because uh, and they're like, no, but did you experience that? I knew you would. And I was like, well, I heard my name whispered in my ear and it was a little <laughs> creepy. <laughs> She's like, I knew you would ex- uh, experience it eventually. Because so, everybody was in that place. Everybody was experiencing the same thing. Yeah. Or similar things. Yeah. yeah. But if you get a skeptic, and they're really a skeptic, it doesn't matter what you do. You, I had a brother that one of my brothers, he was psychic, but he didn't want to be. So he was like, skeptic, I don't think I believe this stuff. I said, but you know you see it. I don't believe it. But you see it. So one night, um, George, that was what we called our ghost, he was, um, he went up. My house is weird. We didn't, we grew up and I still do this. Like we don't turn lights on. We just walk around in the dark a lot. So I don't know why that is, but, um, people are kind of, if you come to my house and there's no lights, I'm probably there. I just, we just don't turn lights on. Saving money. So I don't know. We just walk around. So we all have really good sight at night. <laughs> I don't know whether this is a weird, another weird thing, but you're so a wizard. We're because we're wizards. We're a family wizard. So we don't turn lights on. So my brother went upstairs to go to bed and, um, he said there was a glowing person. He said there was a person standing at the top of the stairs glowing. And he said, I said, what did you do? He said, I came up and I stuck my hand through him. And it was really cold. And I said, well, do you think that was George? He said, well, probably. Well, do you believe in spirits now? He said, nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. You know, so I can I tell people you can bring him right there, show him a ghost. And they're not going to believe it because he just want, doesn't want to. He has a fear. <laughs> he's afraid of it. So he's yeah, not going right. to believe it. Right. I think most people fear, are. Denial. Yeah. Which I find it interesting that you guys are not scared when you go in these places, especially when you're dealing with uh, no sometimes demons. Because I think Casey and I would be like, uh, "You go first. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going in a haunted house, like a right. fa- fake haunted house, and um, you're going in a line with Get him Holly. Like, no, I believe you in you. <laughs> Just terrified, but uh, so I thought maybe it's because. You guys have experiences since you were children with seeing things, hearing things. And if you experience that from a young age, I'm sure that that would make you a little bit less scared of it. That's part of it. But also having faith, knowing that you're protected, you Mm -hmm. know, um, and like if I'm walking (laughs) in a place, I'm not walking alone, even though, you know, we have spiritual backing. So it's not yeah. a matter of just I'm going here by myself. And I think yeah, that's, you just what, call on help. that's like, what scares hey, a lot of people where they're thinking they're by themselves. It's me versus whatever is out there. And I don't know how strong or how many or this and that. I don't have that concern. Do you do a prayer before you go in, like a group prayer? Um, No, we, we, we do come up with a game plan, though. Mm-hmm. We don't just, you know, we go do an investigation, then we come back to the table Figure out, okay, you're going to do this, you're going to do that, you're going to bring this, we're going to do it. And then we go back in a second time. 
but it's not like where we stand and like hold Forces hands and make combined. a point. No, we don't but, do that. But I think it's good for a ghost hunting group before they go in to do that. I mean, they should get the Saint, the the Saint Michael prayer. They should do that. I, I think it's helpful because they, they, they don't know what they're going to get into. You know, it helps if they believe in a prayer, though. If they all believe saying, in it, yeah. yeah, it would. It's helpful. If God is for us, who is against us? Because, well, St. Michael just comes with me all the time, so it's no problem. But, um, I mean, because I get attacked sometimes. She does. But you got to be fearless. Because I want to know what's going on. I mean, I She's one of those. You know the the guys out there that look at different animals and insects and they want to get stung? And then talk about how it feels to get stung. Oh, take the she's pictures. One of, she's like, one of those. I like that. She's one of those. I want to. I want to feel it. I want to see it. I, I need to see what it. Right. I need to see what it is. I want yeah. it. To, when it grabs me around the neck, I go, oh, okay, that's interesting. You're not getting the three scratch marks, are you? I had. I had this big, um, hairy, like I, the red hairy one with the. I remember that I woke up and there was this big arm around my throat, and it was like, a, and I thought, oh. And I felt it and was like, wow, it's red furry hair. And I brought my hand down and I thought, whoa, it's a huge claw. I thought, wow, this is big. I thought, you know, Archangel Michael, I need some help right now. And poof, it was gone. Huh. Yep. So faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was, it did make me get up and think, oh, that's kind of weird. And then I, I had one just recently. So, you know, it's kind of weird. It's See, kinda that's weird. not the arrangement I this have. This is a little with uncomfortable. The, with the universe. <laughs> My arrangement, I don't want them to touch me. I don't want to, I don't need any of that. I see them, and it's time to go. But that way, I really knew that. I, I knew that this guy was following. I knew this was following me, and I was he was trying to tell me, you better, you better stop what you're doing. I mean, he mm-hmm. was after me. I called Mr. B, and Mr. B was saying, ah, you know, you got to stop this demonology stuff. And he was trying to scare me. That's what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm safe here. The place I was at, I thought was safe. And he showed me, you're not safe anywhere. I thought, whoa, that that kind of was like a wake up, like, oh, I don't have a safe place I can go. You know where I am every place. Hmm. <laughs> that bothered me. But, th- but I needed to know that because, mm-hmm. see, I was being confident over maybe overconfidence. Like, I'm mm-hmm. safe here. I'm in this cabin. I'm safe. Yeah. And that's one, of the, that's one of the things they will come after you. So you have to keep certain things in check. You got to get their high faith. You got to keep your ego in check. And there's so many people out there that can't, they don't, I don't know if they don't know how to get the ego in check or they just feel like the ego doesn't need to be checked. But that's one of the biggest vulnerable points is yeah. an ego. Ego. Well, it's hard when you live in a society that like feeds the ego all the time. Oh, like you're not good enough in like, social media, you know, like you did this to me and how dare you. And now I'm a victim or whatever. Right. Yeah. You always have to remember it's not, I am not the demon. Well, I'm a demonologist, but I get my, I get my ability not from anything. It's it's coming from above. You know, it's, it's coming from the force. Right, I'm an instrument. instrument right. I'm, it's not me. I mean, like, thank you. I was thank thank the force for giving me the ability to get rid of that demon. You know, thank you. And so Saint Michael is the name we give this person, this entity that helps. But you know, that's what the Catholic Church called him. He's been around before that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's okay. Call him whatever you want. It works. It works. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, angels are always there. And what you have to do is ask for help. They can't. Just intervene. You have free will. You can do what you want. But they will help you every time. Like, even I had something stupid at work and had a big knot that I wanted to get out of. And I was like, well, whatever. Like, it wasn't going anywhere. I didn't want to cut this girl's hair off. You know, like, you got long hair and a big knot. Like, you don't want to do that. <laughs> right. But, I'm like, so I go outside and I'm like, just help me with this, please. 
I go back in and it comes apart. I'm like, holy shit, like it worked. Oh, it's (laughs) wonderful. (laughs) So everybody remember that if you're listening, if you have a problem. Yeah, it works. It works. Mm -hmm. You call upon the person that's your guardian, whatever you believe in. If you don't believe angels work, well, it's not going to help you. But if you believe it, it helps you. Little things like finding your keys or finding demons, whatever. Mike. Spirit guides are probably tired of me asking that. Like, where are my keys? I said, did you look in the stairway? Yes, I looked. We'll go back and look again. And there we were, right yep. on top. I said, yeah, well, they weren't there a minute ago. But thank you for putting them there. I always <laughs> ask St. Anthony where my mom's remote control is. <laughs> so you have St. Anthony. Okay. Everybody has to get their own, you know, somebody and use them. And I then swear thank it works, them, though. But it always works. thank them. Yep. Thank them afterwards. Yes. Absolutely. Give glory, as they say. And they'll come and help you again. And they don't seem to ever get tired and think, aren't they saying, oh, you stupid person, you lost your keys again? <laughs> <laughs> Except that one time when I actually did, I mean, they were gone. And my spirit guide said, you better call a locksmith. I thought, no. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't coming back that time. So how many spirit guides do you have? Well, they come in and out. I mean, there's always the main one that I have all the time. But, you know, sometimes... I have different people watching over. It depends what I'm, what my problem is sometimes. But I, I can feel, ev- I actually, it's kind of strange, but I channel somebody every year. I channel somebody else and they really help me. I mean, it's been amazing every year. I have some new person that I channel and, and I don't pick them. They pick me and they tell me what to read. They give me books. It's like, wow, like I'm taking a course in this and, and I move on to somebody else. Right now it's Edgar Casey, So I'm really having a good time. And that's led me to Atlantis. That's my new thing. <laughs> I'm getting crazy about that, but I'm reading all this stuff. It's making sense. Edgar Hayes, was a sleeping prophet, if you don't know, he was uh, a psychic that did great medical things when he was in a trance. Cured people, like thousands of people. And he has a foundation. Now, he passed over in 1945, but his foundation still is around, and they do amazing stuff still with um, psychic energy and psychic ability. I don't think I'm actually familiar with him. I'll have to look into it. Well, I didn't really know anything about him until, let's see, two years ago I started this. I was at a music festival, and I'm standing out there at night, meeting a guy that's never been there before. He's a newbie, and I've been there 38 years, this festival. And I'm out there, and we start talking, and it's a big full moon, and he says, you know, where were you? Because it's right after that eclipse, that big eclipse that came over two years ago, and it came, there was, it was total in some areas, but not in Michigan. And he said, where were you during the eclipse? And I said, well, and I don't know why this came out of my mouth, but I said, if I'd thought about it, I would have went down to Hopkinsville, Kentucky, the birthplace of Edgar Casey. I had no idea of doing that, but I said that. And he, his mouth got like, whoa, you know Edgar Casey? And I thought, oh, sure. I know some about him. I know he was like a, one of those prophet things, but that's all I know is that he was called the sleeping prophet and he was a psychic. I really didn't know a lot, but I said, oh, yeah, sure. I, I know about him. And he said, oh, that's, that was my favorite book. I actually, I came to this music con- conference, this uh, outdoor music thing, because of my sister loved this this music festival, and she told me on her deathbed that I had to take her ticket and go when she died. And the other second thing was you had to read this book. There is a river about Edgar Cayce's life. I thought, wow. So you came here because of your sister and you read that book because of her and you meet me and I say this. It's like, whoa, okay. (laughs) So I say, oh, that's really interesting. Okay. And then 
I thought to myself, okay, when I get home, I'm going to go get that book and I'm going to read it. I'm going to find out who that is because that's like a message to me. So I go home. I stop by this church where my friend is a minister and he says, well, you know, I have this bag of books here. Uh, someone dropped off. Do you want them? And I thought, yeah. Well, you know what they were? The whole book of Edgar Casey's books. <laughs> wow. Bag, a big grocery bag full. And on the top was There is a River, his autobiography. I thought, okay, that's for me. Um, they left it for me. <laughs> It's mine. That's and so I amazing. started – I've been reading through that, and it's been amazing. And because of that, all this other stuff started happening, and, and Omer will know about that because I had met him. <coughs> and I said, you know, this is really strange, but Edgar Casey's really – I'm feeling like I – I didn't realize it at the time, but I, I felt like I should do something more. We should have a group. And – um I kept not reading this one book, and I finally picked it up. I said, we should have a psychic development group because people – I had a call from somebody that saw my ad in Crazy Wisdom and wanted to know if I didn't just do one-time-only psychic development classes, but would I do a whole – like a circle? Would I have a psychic group that met every month? You know, And I thought, you know, I could do that. So I, t- I said, I'm going to put your name as the first person on the list. And then I talked to Omar, and we decided to do that. And then I re- I opened up the book that I had been putting off, and it was how to start psychic development groups, you know, that study groups. So I thought, oh, okay, he really wanted me to do that. It was really interesting how that works. I mean, that's how things work. Mm-hmm. So you have to pay attention. When I, I tell people mostly that you're more psychic than you think because, see, I when I could have just thought, well, that was a weird thing that this guy at this – music thing says this and I say this and just let it go. But, you know, I thought, wait a minute. There's no coincidences in the world. It's like it's meant to be. So what is the message? So pay attention to things like that that happen. It's messages from the universe and they come from all different places, from different people, from TV shows, just, you know, from any corner of your life. You turn on the radio and a certain song comes on and you think, oh, "Oh, that's a message. Oh, all the time. All the, those little mm-hmm. uh, synchronicities that are way too synchronized and not be coincidental. And it's not always a beautiful thing either. It could be someone that's super annoying Yeah, that you run into. And, you know, and the universe is trying to tell you, you need to learn some patience. Yeah, I learn, need to learn this lesson. You need to learn yeah. some understanding. <laughs> and you don't. So then instead of learning that, you decide, I'm going to quit my job. You go get another job. And guess what? There's another annoying person. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Universe is still trying to tell you, work on your patience, work on your understanding. And stop running yeah. every time there's a small problem, too. Same with the relationships. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, work it out. Work it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Figure out why are you meeting the same person over and over again? They look different, but they're the same person yep. over and over again. Why? You, uh-huh. you different know. face, different name, mm-hmm. but the same problems. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um now we had, we talk about this a lot on the show. We did talk about it with Omar, but I'm really, really um, interested to hear your feedback and your um, perspective on sleep paralysis. Oh, you know, I there is sleep paralysis. I mean, that's true, but you know the difference. <laughs> There's a difference. Like you can wake up and you kind of feel like you can't move, and but there was this time when you wake up and you know. <laughs> 
you were so scared. Well, I was scared. I have to admit, I was scared one time when this, um, I was in Kentucky a long time ago. But when I went down there to do an investigation on these ink spots and, you know, the shadow people all that. Right, but right. she'd been to South Dakota and she brought stuff back. And I said, I think it's the stuff you brought that brought something from South Dakota. I think we got to get, uh, we got to get a handle on this in the morning. You know, I'll work on, cleansing this out well she said well you can sleep in that room and that's where the most activity happens i said oh you're putting me in that room (laughs) thanks great (laughs) so i'm in that room and um i remember waking up and it was a lucid dream i'm i'm knowing what's going on i wake up and i see this buffalo and i can still to this day really see i put myself right there with this buffalo and it's turning and it's looking at me and i look into its eye and it's evil i was like oh my gosh and south dakota buffalo it was like Mm -hmm. it's telling me and then it turns into a native american figure and it comes up and attacks me and grabs me around the neck and it's choking me and i can feel it i was like and that's this isn't sleep paralysis i could not move I'm aware I'm scared. So I was scared. And I tried to call my friend and say, help me. Nothing would come out of my mouth. You know, mm-hmm. they've had that fear. Where that, so that was one that I was kind of like, okay, they're going to kill me. <laughs> but then I said, okay, Archangel Michael, that's right. I need help. And then, bop, gone. So that was good that I remember that, but it was, so sleep paralysis, I think there is sometimes when it is sleep paralysis, but you know the difference. Like someone can say, oh, you were just having sleep paralysis. You couldn't move and you couldn't talk. Yeah, but I had this buffalo and this guy trying to kill me and see the marks on my neck. And it's like, I don't think so. So it's different, but I I, I do think there probably, I know there is a, a technical, physical thing called sleep paralysis, but if someone tells me the whole thing like that and they tell me the story behind it, I'm going to believe them. But if they're going to say, well, I just woke up and I felt like something was – I just felt like I couldn't move, I'm going to be more skeptical. Right. Um, so we were talking about the possibilities of why sleep paralysis occurs, like true sleep paralysis. I'm, well, I think, you know, physically they do have a – I mean, physicians and people, scientific explanation for it, I suppose. But but as far as like shadow people and, and, and visions that you see, people that you feel holding you down, where do you, where is your... Oh, pers- sometimes people say that they felt there was a, something on their chest and something's not. Well, then that's where you have to get, what's the whole story? What have you been doing? What, what else? I mean, I didn't just walk in that house and, you know, go to bed and have something happen. I came there to attack something. She'd come from, I definitely knew she'd brought something. I saw these things there. I knew I was going to have to deal with them. So, I mean, that, that has a whole story. So, I was researching you know? a demon at the time. Oh, you were. And yeah, you had that for happen? a story. Mm-hmm. Mm, and I didn't. I think is, that's a warning. You had is, a warning. Yeah. This is when I oh, didn't yeah. know that sleep paralysis was a oh, thing. Yeah. And even when I watched the documentary, The Nightmare, that we were talking mm-hmm. about, there's a whole segment that of people going, we didn't know it was a thing until we went online. And there's this whole, because I had to look it up. I'm like, shadowy figure, uh-huh. can't move, boom, sleep paralysis, a whole subculture of people that are like, I've experienced this phenomenon before. And... Asmodeus is who I was um, uh, researching at the time for a story I was writing. Uh-oh. Is Ill- <laughs> yeah, it's, he's illustrated in a lot of 1800s illustrations as yeah. like this long dragonfly man, and it's exactly exactly and that's what, what you I felt saw. like. Okay, yeah, there you got it. See, so that was what I would say. Well, what were you doing before that happened? I mean, as it's happened a lot. I mean, there are some people who do have sleep 
like the technical scientific sleep paralysis. It's different. It's not that. It's not the same. Right. I mean, I don't understand the technical. Like they'll say, oh yeah, you could, you can have that where you just wake up and you really can't move for a minute. But that's not where there's, you see a reptilian figure or something on you or you have, you know, or someone's choking you around the neck. It's not like that. It's different. Right. Yeah. So if you were doing research, he would just give you a warning that you, better back off and stop doing that because it must be something that he feels threatened by Maybe his that. context in the story mm. probably because you're getting close to you know maybe doing something that they didn't like right i don't know probably don't like my rating <laughs> <laughs> like it's the really shit story I all my secrets and then you gotta tell the world about <laughs> right right i wouldn't mess with i wouldn't mess with demons and again like just by well, by calling them out, like just saying their name isn't really going to always bring them in, but it can. You know how when people die and you want to contact someone from the spirit world, you can say their name and bring them in. I, I mean, I can call people in. Mm-hmm. I do call people in when they people want to see their mom or something. You know, psychics do that. We mm-hmm. do that. Right, but it's not like an evil presence. You're, I wouldn't you're, bring an evil presence. Right, so I say, oh, intention. you want to see that guy? No, I'm not bringing that guy. In. I was like, mm. it's like seeing Beetlejuice but, three times. But I, you know, I never saw that movie, and I, <laughs> I don't watch this movie. I know movie. I gotta watch that. My my friend is gonna make me watch it, but and he's gonna make me watch these stupid movies. But I don't really like them. But but he, used, I did a lecture once, and and um, I have to talk. A little shout out to Chuck Denton that that Chuck made this great great intro to my. Um, lecture that I did at first I said what the heck is that I mean what he said that's Beetlejuice I go what (laughs) I didn't I didn't get the psychic dinner thingy at all and he said you got to watch it so he went on YouTube and made me watch that at least the song the Deo song I didn't know anything about that I didn't but that was so that I said oh actually I think that's kind of cute you think everybody in the room will get it I mean it's just me I don't get it he said yeah everybody in the room will get it he was right (laughs) so they all got it. it was just me so yeah I don't watch those kind of things. But, yeah, so uh, I think, um, yeah, that's pretty benign. But if you do, like I did go to one person's home that I was helping, and they finally, because I keep saying, I know you're doing something. You know, they they usually tell you no. Oh, no, we didn't do anything. We didn't play Switch Awards. They'll tell you that. And you have to keep, they'll tell you, or they'll tell you part of it. They won't tell you the whole thing. You know, how you, they'll tell you part of it. Mm-hmm. And then you then they'll say, oh, well, then this happened and that happened. I go, you didn't tell me that. Or that person cursed me, and I said, "Oh, that's kind of might be important." <laughs> um, but I know they'll they'll say, "Well," and I finally found out that they like they knew all these names, and I thought, well, "How do you know those names?" Well, we go on the internet, internet we read yeah. them, and like, "Well," so that just reading them alone, but their intent, their intent was to go to the dark side, you know. So mm-hmm. I mean, why are you doing that? Why are you like reading about that and doing all that? So I mean, that you have to. Look at that. Like, what do you, why are you doing that? And it can, it can bring that in. And that probably is why they had problems. Yeah. And curiosity is, is yep. one of those things that can trigger that. But also, like some of the um, things on YouTube where they're showing exorcisms and people are screaming things out in Latin and stuff like that. I don't like. So people folks think they should do that, that, right? So they start doing that. You don't that. speak Latin. You don't know what they're saying. And <laughs> yeah. Bringing that into your home, if you're listening at, at home and stuff, not a good idea. So yeah, you just brought you just watch that in your home, and you and you brought that into your and home. you have no idea yep. what was being said because you it's speaking know. Latin. 
or a different language. And it might have just called, and then you, then you exactly. call and say, well, I was just watching this YouTube thing. Like, why? <laughs> yeah. Why so are you, you have doing to, that? Yeah, why are you curious about that? Well, what and made even you, wanna... you guys had said, like, if you do it now, I think it was you guys, if you do it now, they have time to wait. So it could be right. three years. Oh, yeah, they can just track like, you. They those don't... folks that mm-hmm. use the Ouija board and they say, oh, no, but that was like two years ago. That can't be the Ouija board. Well, these don't, they don't want to hear the time like we do. Mm-hmm. Right. They can sit in the corner and wait. Yeah, they just wait for your like a time when yeah. you're vulnerable, and you're yeah. really vulnerable when you're like doing drugs or yeah. like alcohol. Because they hit you subtle. Yeah. It's a subtle yeah, impression that they give you influence and then build upon it slowly but surely. They get you in a bad. Yeah, I had someone who was just was getting depressed about those some things were going on in their life, and this little girl started talking to him. They had one of those. There's an app where you can talk to ghosts. I thought, mm-hmm. what an app. They do, and you can, mm. you can, yeah, it's kind of weird. It's like EVPs. You're getting EVPs mm-hmm. on your phone. I thought, why are you doing that? Well, no. I talk, and they started talking to her every <laughs> night. They were talking to this little girl every night. She no. said, oh, she's so cute. And I, I said, where is she? She's, oh, she's right here. And I looked over, and I saw a little demon figure. I thought, you know, she's not a little girl to me. <laughs> it's like, this is not good. This is, And I tried to convince her that it wasn't a little girl. I mean, it was really hard. Yeah. Really they, hard. Because these these. Influences, these negative influences, they adapt to anything. Any kind of tool you want to use, you, you, you want to use your phone, you want to use your computer. They got smart. Yep. They yeah. know how to use apps now. Yep. They can talk to you on the phone. Anything. <laughs> so that person was kind of on the verge of letting them in their house. They already had because they were talking to them every night on the phone. Yep. Uh-huh. So I had to go, yeah, we had to get it out and cleanse mm-hmm. it out because they'd already, and it was, she was getting more and more depressed. So instead of getting better, she was getting worse and sick, you know, so I thought, oh, I think there's a correlation to that little girl you're talking to. Because you're getting worse. You're not getting better. But you started out kind of depressed, and she made you feel better. So, oh, yeah, little girl, you're helping me. It's good. Come on in. Mm-hmm. Come mm-hmm. talk to me. So There's, there's some se- separate entities, too, that show up like kids that have the dark eyes. You know I don't, when they, they have, have the really dark eyes, why would anybody uh, That's a whole talk to them, thing. you know? Because like, oh, a little dark-eyed demon-looking guy, you're going to say, well, come on in. Like, <laughs> why right. would you do that? I think that was actually one of our very first stories when we started our show was that there was these children with the dark eyes that... Oh, yeah, the, the black-eyed children? Yes, the black-eyed children. Well, when someone gets totally possessed, their eyes go black. And you know you can't help them. Hmm. So what's, I mean, you can't help them, but. I can't. Now, if they eventually, I still got their names, eventually they wake up someday and they have a little free will left and they say, I need some help and they call, then I can go. But they have to ask for it. When they say, nope, I'm okay, and they push me out, I can't help them. You can't help someone that doesn't want your help. If you read Malachi Martin's book, it'll explain a lot of that. Hostage the Devil. When I first started in on this, when I thought, okay, I'm going to work on this demon i gotta work on this demon and one i went to out to a restaurant and um the hostess was reading that book hostage to the devil and i thought that's interesting that's why i found out about malachi martin she was reading that book and i said what are you reading that book for that's interesting and she said oh it's for a class and i thought really and i thought okay it's about exorcisms and stuff and i thought okay and i read that and i thought this is malachi martin i didn't know about him so that's why i met him and it was like again one of those little things you walk in someone's reading that book why would a hostess at a hostess station <laughs> be reading you know <laughs> hostage to the devil like i thought that was like a weird book and it turned out to just be very informative about exorcisms demons demonologists and that documentary is either on netflix or youtube 
I think it was on YouTube that I saw it. The there's thing. there's a documentary about yeah, Malachi now. He's yeah. on Netflix. Yeah. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah, he really helped. Um, the Warrens and Malachi were probably the best about bringing exorcisms and the facts you could exercise houses and exercise people. Mm-hmm. Objects. Objects too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people that bring possessed objects into their house. Why, Why does we that talk happen? About that a lot too. Different oh, stories. God. You can go on the internet and buy all these crap. This, yeah. Why do you buy this stuff? And so then you call can, us and say, I have a problem. They combined a demon to an object. You can do that. You can select the object of choice, and they will bind a demon to it. You purchase it, they ship it to you. How do they have the power to do that? Is it you can do that. Now, that's the dark magic? side. Well, the Golden Dawn and folks like that, um, they do that. And I, that's why I kind of broke off of the group. But... Um, yeah, people do that. Now, there are some exorcists that do that, and I know some that, that did that because this was they're working with a um, Native American spirit, and they put it in a rock, and they did that. But they were very good about taking that rock and burying it someplace where no one hopefully will ever encounter it. Um, but they got the demon out of the house by put, like having it go into the rock and, and doing that. You can do that. But you don't sell it on eBay. You know, I got the, And the demon dolls. I mean, I see all these demon dolls. They saw Annabelle. Which yep. was actually a fake movie, but they saw <laughs> Annabelle does exist though in the Warren's basement, and um, yeah, they say these things and they think, oh, I want to get a demon doll. Like why? So it's like exploiting ghosts. Now we're exploiting demons. Mm-hmm. Anything for a buck. Annabelle um, wasn't she just transferred over because the the one location was closing down, the museum and, and the occult. They, had, they did. Um, Really a ritual came. where they were trying to switch over from one box to another mm-hmm. container. I saw that. Yeah. Actually, they, they uh, put that online. Mm-hmm. Really, they move her around all the time. They take her all the time. They, she goes all over. Well, actually, Tony. Well, I should. The world talk. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I know where she is. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I watched that video and I was like, oh. really? And it was did. it was Tony Spiro doing it. I have it to was, watch that was, and see if it's true. They did a blessing. I th- I, it's legit. I mean, it, they did actually. They actually they, finally they took her out of the basement. One, She's no, not. Well, what I saw, they were putting her into a different box. There was a box that wasn't oh, okay. mobile, and so they couldn't transport oh, her. Oh, this is probably box. back when they started bringing her all the bring her all over the place. She got yeah. You can see her because I, I know it was a discrepancy with the container that she was in. Wasn't able to be moved outside of that. It was huge, yeah, and was so they had huge. to move her into yeah, a they do have that a, it could actually they, be she portable. Is in a, so they were afraid when they took her out and touched her that. But yeah, you know, if you see Lorraine just picks up that now and she just brings it. They put it in their car. Well, of course, a lot of things happened in they the car when they they almost died. <laughs> they brought mess. that. Yeah, you don't want it. When I was taking this demon thing once in my car, I was kind of worried, but I thought, I'm going to be okay. But it was kind of weird. Um, yeah, <laughs> sometimes you take demon things because you have to take things out of the house. Um, but I salt them really good and I, you know, do all the blessings and do all this stuff. Um, but she does pick that thing up and just carry that doll out and put it in the car. You see her. I think though, too, was the doll where they were telling, so they were doing that transfer over to the different box and they were also telling a story um, about a man that was tapping on the glass at one time. And it killed him. Yeah. Yep. That's true. He was, I think, Damn. he was riding a motorcycle. Correct. It, he was on a motorcycle and his girlfriend, and they, they, they made, they mocked her. Yeah. You don't mock. When I saw Annabelle, 
I didn't touch the clays, and I didn't even go near. I said, I'm not going near that. <laughs> I didn't want to. I wouldn't I mean, want to look at it. I'm not a big fan of collecting things like that. I looked no. at I'm it. Not, but I understand. I didn't why look they her did, in the not, eye. I mean, I, I have to admit, I did not look her in the eye because no. I was like, okay, you look like a raggedy, and you look kind of sweet, but you don't look sweet. You're not sweet. You're, I know you're not. Um, yeah, you could kill me. And you guys were talking about Zach Baggins. Um, oh, he has that basement yeah, stuff. Yeah, oh he my has gosh. that um, location in Las Vegas of all the items that he's collected yeah. that are. And now he haunted. can't sleep at night, and he's haunted, and he's having nightmares. I mean, he's you're going to suffer if you go into that world like that. You're going to have consequences. Because um, I know that with even um, Manson, that he was he he has his teeth, I believe. I mean, well, he has Ed Gaines. Does he have Ed Gaines' uh, cauldron that was he was using the, you know, to clean the skin off of the bodies? And yeah. then put the come on, y'all. It's creepy. <laughs> well, he he bought the cauldron, and it's different because when the, when <laughs> yeah, Ed when Ed and, and Lorraine did the stuff, they did it to protect people, and they but he, he had this thing about collecting it, which I had a friend that did that. But um, so they well there is a I can tell you about this museum in Cincinnati. That's where I send my stuff to, um, but. This, in the Warren's basement, he was doing this because he had lots of faith, though. He, ha- he has the faith. He's a strong Catholic. He, well, he's passed on, but he has, he's a strong Catholic. And, um, he had a priest come in and bless the room all the time. And they never went in that room after nine or after dark on the winter, even earlier. When it got dark, you left that room and you never went in there because they would attack you. But he kept it sealed. And, you know, they're demonologists. They know how to do that. So they had the room sealed, the basement sealed off. But their house is right above it. And when I went there, I mean, I could feel when I got out of the car, I felt like the bad, like, vibrations. You live here? I mean, it's really, it's um, yeah, it's hard. I don't think I could live there. I don't no, want, I don't the, collect. I keep them outside. I don't <laughs> bring them The point thing <laughs> is that he had someone come through but he had, regularly. Yeah, regularly. I don't these priest, folks really out here today priest. buying stuff yeah. off the internet, I know you don't have a priest going you over to your house blessing every anything. Weekend. So blessing knock it off. Knock it off. Buy a shovel and bury it with some salt. Yeah, you can, you can bury stuff and I do that. But, um, uh, yeah, Baggins was, um, I wouldn't say, I won't, I'm not going to say bragging, but he was saying, oh, yeah, this person bragging. came into my um Haunted museum, and they threw up because of that powerful energy that they felt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's why we ego. And, and Omar is saying ego will do you in, and he's got ego. Mm-hmm. Ed had a little bit of ego, but he was still very spiritual, very faith based. And Lorraine has no ego, I and mean, she's just wonderful and um, great people. So you can see the difference. You know, <laughs> they're out there to help people. He's out there to make money on the show. And, I also saw a story one time about um, a an item, and I'm trying to remember exactly what the item was. But they, the whole story ended up being that this woman's grandmother had this box, and she had it for so long, and then her grandmother passed away. Well, she had a, a garage sale, and she wanted to get rid of some of these items, so she was selling them. Well, there was this antique-looking box, and sold it to someone. It turns out that a spirit was attached to it. And as you're watching the story, it ends up at towards the end that you find out. Well, a long time ago, they they used a Ouija board. Mm-hmm. A spirit um, came forward, and it wasn't a good spirit; it was evil spirit. So they to get rid of it, they did a ritual and contained it in this item. And then it had been passed around, and people were like, "Oh, 
oh well it's haunted and these this kid at one point bought this this item because like oh i'm gonna kind of doing the mocking thing just like the guy did with annabelle but not to that extreme but he took it into his home and they made fun of it and mm. oh this is stupid you know i'm just gonna buy this for fun and and he had started having bad things happen to him, and he got really sick. So he ended up giving it to somebody else. And in the end, it turns out they had to put it in an area that where no one would ever touch it and locked mm-hmm. it up. And that's supposedly, you know, a true story. Um, Hopefully, they did that. They took it to a place, and I I buried a doll in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> It's in Tennessee, and that's a big state. <laughs> and We're not going to say what city. <laughs> no, we can tell you not about the city. guy. We did come across a guy that did have a haunted object, the one over in uh, Grand Haven. People get really possessive of their objects because they attach themselves to you. Yeah. yeah. And that's what happened in this case. But it had a history to it. He's never going to get were, rid of no, that. Nope. He was super pale, too. Like, it was really. He wanted to keep. Like he didn't want to give it away. He's he didn't it want like to. A baby. When we were all telling him, like that's not a good idea. You yeah. need to. We can take that from you and put it in well the museum, but or whatever, or we'll solve it and bury it again because he got it from being buried. Mm-hmm. Someone else probably buried it and he dug it up, but he found this up in the UP. It was up in the UP, and he was, so he was showing us this thing, and we could see that he was like, "This is his baby. Oh boy, you're not going to give it up." So okay. But it seemed to attach to him too, because it was he was since he was going to take care of it and keep it and not let them take the 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 entity off of it off this thing that it was okay good you're going to keep me because you won't let those people harm me so it wouldn't kill him but it killed everybody else it kept him barely alive he wasn't he wasn't like alive I wouldn't say he was really healthy at all pale like this (laughs) color. Well, he didn't look very healthy, but you know he yeah. was. You know he was going to keep that. Yeah. I don't know why he brought it to show us. Just brag like, oh, look what I got! I got this demon thing, and it was. We could. Well, you saw you could it. Have it. <laughs> yeah, it was wreathing on the thing. I was like, oh. I touched it. I thought, oh, I shouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Later, you're like, uh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. But I thought, oh no, it's not. It's going to stay with this guy. I, I don't have to worry. It's going to stay with him. So, Nicole, you said you have crystals. Mm-hmm. And do you have any other items that you feel protected with? You s- I have all the items. Um, I have crosses, just stuff I've picked up, like crosses and I have rosary beads. Um, I usually put a lot of the crystals in the windows at this point. Sometimes I move them. Depends on how I feel. I sage a lot. Um, and crystal balls and stuff like that, just... Anything that makes me feel happy that way, it just keeps everything light and nice in the in the house anyway. And um, Omar, what do you carry on with you that makes you feel safe? Uh, well, I guess I don't really carry objects around with me. I know I have the backing. I did work on a staff. I found a, a stick well, um, from Lake Superior, and I held that stick for several years before I started decided, you know, I'm going to work on this. I'll put some carvings on it. I have uh, some beads on it that represent uh, Reiki, uh, the chakras. Um, I put um, turtle bones on it, uh, duck feathers on it, like a a shaman staff. Um, I have rose quartz at the end of the, uh, on the tip, kind of like to make sure everything that comes through the staff is going to come with love. 
pretty much. And um, so I take that in an extreme case. I don't mm-hmm. take it with me all the time. But in some cases where I say, you know what, this is going to be one of those times where I'm going to need this staff. And I'll bring it in there. It's just a point of focus more than anything else. But for the most part, what I go in, I'm going in. Um, I do breathe sea, uh, sea salt, though, because I would put that around my vehicle, make sure that nothing comes out of that place and tries to come into my car when I'm going home, so to speak. But um, my whole thing is when I'm going into a place, I'm just looking. Lately, it's been like seeing astral creatures that let, lets me know, okay, there's a portal here. This is the entry. This is the exit. Uh, and then, you know, whoever is passed on, deceased, who's haunting the place, what's going on, that kind of thing. But as far as uh, I do have crystals, I do have tarot cards, but that stuff always just stays home. I don't really bring that stuff with me. Um, so you brought the salt, and I've heard that before, putting the salt, salt in doorways. Well, I don't, I don't put it. It's mainly yeah. to, just people, to put around. Warn people about that. Yeah, <laughs> I just mainly do it to my vehicle. Um, but just like the stage, if you, with, when it comes to the sea salt, if you don't know what you're doing, you should probably shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Call us, we'll do it. You know, you kind of, it's like with anything. If this expert is willing to do it and they're not going to charge you, why not call the experts? Because you can end up sealing yeah, something sealing in your house. Out. Okay, because that's what I'm doing. I, what, when I put the salt on my vehicle, I'm sealing it so nothing can cross that because you know, in my vehicle. Because he knows vehicle is right? already empty. Correct. Yeah. But in the house, you get the sea salt and you start putting it. You can seal something in your house. Oh, boy. And people have. Reverse yeah. effect. People they, don't go, somebody's oh. Doing, I guarantee you, you somebody's. Sal- you salted your house. Somebody's doing it right oh, yeah. now. <laughs> I promise <laughs> don't you. Don't do that. Don't walk, walk. Put out the salt, guys. If, yeah. Once you get the house cleansed out, then you That's can seal different. it. But yeah. you got stuff in your house and you just sell, same sell with it the, in. Same with the sage, right? Because, yeah. like Nicole explained, you got to have a game plan. If everything's yeah. going to come out one way, you don't just go Where's into your house. Where is it going? Yeah. What I'm direction are you centering it? I have sage sitting in my house right now. Thankfully, I listened to you guys before I burned it because <laughs> I would just be I mean, like, hey. it won't do harm. Sage won't do harm. I mean, <laughs> if you do sage, your room will feel lighter and that's fine. But if you don't do your whole house like Nicole was telling you, then it'll just come back. <laughs> you won't get rid of, it, rid of it for long. Maybe three days later, you'll get it back. So you have to do like your game plan. Yeah. With uh, We've got four minutes left. Okay. Um, I think we should probably... Go around the room and uh, uh, say where we can find you each in individually and where we can find you guys uh, as a whole and in your services. Okay. Well, go to fullmoonrising.center, and that's where my website is, and you can you know put in what's going on, and I'll get your message, and you know get, I'll get what you need, you know what you need done, and if you want to. I also do tarot and astrology, so that's on there too. But if you need a house cleansing, it'll be on there too. Um, I'm on Facebook as Nicole Sutherland Shook and Instagram as um, Madam Rev- no Reverend Madam Superior. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do hair in Ann Arbor at Briarwood Mall, so. Get a reading, get a um, yeah. cleansing, and get your hair done. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Like a fabulous <laughs> afternoon, actually. I kind of want to do it's that. It's really cool because lately, like, I've been really attracting people that, like, we get in some deep conversations and then, yeah. like, oh, you're done. Your hair looks great. Let's go. <laughs> but wait, now I need an updo. Keep talking. <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> and Mr. Omar. All right. And you can find... Uh, you can find my information on Desate. That's D E S A T E Spiritual Consultations. Um, I do have a lecture coming up on December second 
at the Enlightened Soul Center. That's 3820 Packard Road, uh, Suite 280. That's in Ann Arbor on the second floor uh, from 5 to 8, only 20 bucks. Get you in the door, and I'm, and I'm providing light snacks. And it's well, about encountering then. thought forms and spirit <laughs> attachments. Then I have another lecture on the 15th on how to properly spiritually cleanse your home at the same place. And that one's from 6 to 9, December 15th. So, Very nice. Very nice. Thank you guys thank for having you guys. us. Thank Appreciate you guys. It. All the way from Ann Arbor. Gosh, thank you guys so much. This has been super insightful. And, um, you know, between the, the, the cleansing and the tarot readings, and we'll be calling you guys at some point. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for being on the show. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, I'm Casey Pierce. I'm Holly Ogden. And this was The Watch List. Thank you guys. Have a good thank night.